Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. The reason why you have a gift is because the Holy Spirit has given it to you. Again, it's for His glory and for the edification or the building up of the body. The importance of going to church. Go to church because you have a gift. And you can use that gift. Now, not every gift is exclusively used within the building. I get it. I understand that. But all gifts can be applied and used within the building. All right? Acts of mercy, that can be applied within the building. And it can definitely be applied, and it is, outside of church services. Many people today seem to think of church membership and attendance as optional. Our culture has changed drastically, and even within the body of Christ, there's a difference from the previous generation. As Pastor James teaches today, you'll learn about the spiritual gifts as outlined in the New Testament and how you've been equipped with such a gift for your brothers and sisters, the church. Pastor James reminds us that God gets the glory, and His power is on display as we show up. Now here's Pastor James as he continues his message, Spiritual Gifts. want to make sure that we have a pretty firm grasp on what it means when we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This might help you just with clarity within your own heart and mind of like, well, I don't have that. I think I might have that one. Okay, so I'm gonna, we're going to walk through this together. I'm going to try to make it just as super simple and as practical as I possibly can. All right? So if you don't mind, because this isn't a lecture, this isn't a teaching, it's not a class in that sense. This is a Bible study. So turn with me back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So some of this might be somewhat, I'll say redundant, because, you know, we, we've explained some of this stuff. I want to make sure that with every good gift that comes down from the Father above, when we're speaking about gifts of the Holy Spirit, I think the more we have a good grasp on them and understanding of what they are, the better it will be for us when we're just doing life with Jesus. And you'll be better to identify, like, no, like, that's my thing. Like, I never knew it, or somebody never explained it that way, but that's definitely my thing. And then you can run with that. When you identify it, then you can, you can better run with it. I would have never have stood behind a pulpit and tried to teach. Would have never done it. There's just no way in the world. I had a youth pastor make me do this. He made me share on a Wednesday night in front of a youth group. Psalm 8, like I shared that. That's the first thing I ever shared with anybody and all that stuff. And I did a horrible job. I'm sure it was horrible. <laughs> the first ones, the first like 10 years are pretty rough is what, is what I hear. And that's not just for me, that's from other pastors. But what it did for me was I walk away, and we'll, I'll explain this when we get to the gift of teaching. I walked away thinking like, what a disaster. Well, that was probably not that good and all that stuff. But what it did was it allowed me to demonstrate something, and then I had outsiders, I had other people confirm to me, you have a gift. You have the gift of teaching, which I needed because, I, again, I would never be doing this unless I, you know, number one, I, I, that confirmation from the Lord that this is what he's, he's gifted me to do, but from other people. Because I don't rely on myself. I'm my own worst critic, as probably you are to yourself as well. What it did for me is it allowed the body to minister to me by confirming, yeah, you have this gift. And so when I knew that, well, then I, the Lord 
can direct me more specifically to, yeah, run in this lane. Run, this is what I've, I've given you this gift. Now run and let's use it. So with that said, this is just my goal for um, helping you guys and ultimately helping the body at large because the gifts are for the body, right? It's for the glory of God and for the edification and the building up of the body. That's what the, that's what the gifts are about. They're not for you. They're not about you. They're not about me. It's about the kingdom. All right, we'll start with word of wisdom. Let me read through the list in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 1, it says this, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about special abilities the Spirit gives us or the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, or pagan is just another kind of word for unsaved, right? They did not know the Lord at all, right? No, they're not worshiping God. So while you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but is the same God who does the work in all of us, right? It's the Holy Spirit, it's Jesus, and it's God. The reason why you have a gift is because the Holy Spirit has given it to you. Again, it's for his glory and for the edification or the building up of the body. The importance of going to church. Go to church because you have a gift and you can use that gift. Now, not every gift is exclusively used within the building. I get it. I understand that. But all gifts can be applied and used within the building. All right, acts of mercy, that can be applied within the building. And it can definitely be applied, and it is outside of church services. Evangelism, that for sure is an outside the body kind of gift, but it also can happen in the body and at church, right? Because surprise, surprise, sometimes non-believers go to church, right? And we put it sometimes on the pastor of like, well, no, you share the gospel, you get them saved. That's not how it always works. Sometimes within the body, somebody has the gift of evangelism, and they can come alongside somebody and say, hey, can I tell you about Jesus? What do you think about Jesus? And and just walk them through this thing and, and lead them to the Lord, right? Every member matters within the body of Christ. Verse 7, it says, the spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Now, remember, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It's a little bit different from King, New King James and ESV and NIV, for that matter. The, the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge or word of knowledge. The same Spirit gives faith or great faith to another. And to someone else, one Spirit gives the, spirit, or the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. That's his gift of discernment. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages or tongues, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Again, it's a very personal thing, but it's a gift. It is a gift given to you by the Holy Spirit, and nobody knows you better than the Holy Spirit, right? So let's say he, he gives you the gift of, let's say he gives you the gift of teaching, right? But you're like, no, I'm not a good teacher. I can't teach and all this stuff. But the Holy Spirit's like, 
yeah, look, I know you better than you know yourself. And I wouldn't give you a gift if it was going to be go to waste or if you wouldn't be able to actually use it. There's a very practical element to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows who you are. He, in fact, was very, very involved in the weaving together of all your DNA and everything inside your mother's womb. He's programmed you. And he already knows. He knows the beginning from the end. It's the Holy Spirit. He's God. And so he has gifted you with a specific bill. And now, I, I, again, I believe that there's, everybody has like a primary, but then in different circumstances and situations, you might be given another gift that's needed for that moment. Everybody should be do the work of an evangelist, right? That's what the Apostle Paul says. But some guys are gifted with evangelism, but everybody should be evangelizing, right? Now, some people just have that knack. They just open their mouths and like, hey, can I tell you about Jesus? And people are like, I, I surrender. Yes. Tell, I want to follow the Lord Jesus. And you're like, you didn't even say anything. And yet I'm over here explaining the gospel in all sorts of different ways. And they're like, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not following. You're right? And you're like, ah, well, I'm doing the work of an evangelist. But sometimes it's just that gift's not there. But then sometimes when in the situation calls for it, even somebody who may have the gift of giving can be given the gift of evangelism, right? It's the Holy Spirit. It's his rules. He gets to do whatever he wants in and through us. So I believe there is a primary, but I believe also you can experience different gifts, you know, regardless of whatever, you know, different situations and all that good stuff. But I think the key point in that, the end of verse 11 there is this. It is the Holy Spirit who distributes all these gifts, okay? So we can't conjure these things up, okay? We can't will these things into existence within our lives as much as I want to. I can't make it happen, okay? You see this sometimes with, more specifically concerning that, with the gift of tongues, right? Because it's like, you can just learn how to speak in tongues. And I'm like, well, if it's a gift from the Holy Spirit, then I can't learn how to speak in tongues because it's going to be him giving me that gift, if I understand the Bible right. But there are classes that will teach you how to speak in tongues. And I'm like, well, okay. You know what? I'm not going to argue with those guys. I'm, not, I'm just going to move on, right? I'm like, if the Lord gives me a tongue, it's because he's given it to me. So he's in control, and he dishes them out however he wants to. It says he alone decides which gift each person should have, not each gift that everybody thinks they need or wants. You get what you get, and you don't throw a fit, right? That's wise advice from a second grade teacher, right? Get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. We need to learn how to be content with what the Holy Spirit has called us to do and the gifts he's called us to have. Because everyone matters. That's the thing. The body needs every single one of them. So so we're going to walk through this list. Word of wisdom. Again, this is from Chuck Smith who I can claim as a friend. I know I do that with other pastors, and I don't even know these guys. They don't know me either. But Chuck Smith, a tremendous man of God, and he's with the Lord now, just a tremendous, super wise individual. But this is what he says concerning the word of wisdom. Word of wisdom comes when critical issues arise and important decisions must be made. Okay? It is a wise word that is so right, it brings divided factions together. A word of wisdom. It's that timely word that's spoken. Like, let's say within a church and, and the church is having, going through like a little uh, schism or a split. And then maybe the Holy Spirit 
has given somebody a word of wisdom, and that person stands up and says, they say what needs to be said. But that's also, it's done in such a way to where hopefully that's received by maybe both parties and everybody realizes like, yeah, this is pretty nonsensical. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? We should be together. So a word of wisdom, it comes, you know, when critical issues arise, important decisions must be made. You want somebody who has the gift of like, of wisdom. You, you definitely, the, the church needs more people who have this gift, okay? Um, the example that, that Chuck gives is from uh, 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 25 through 27. Now, in case you don't know, that is regarding, I believe it is uh, King Solomon, when the two ladies, they both had babies, and one lady's baby died in the middle of the night, and then she, so then she stole the other lady's baby and swapped out the dead baby with the other woman's live baby. And so then the other woman brings, basically brings her to court and is like, she stole my baby. And then the king, this wise king, he, he has wisdom. And he's like, well, Solomon, he's the wisest guy ever, right? Like, he's like, okay, so um, you say it's your baby, and then you say it's your baby, so here's the deal. We'll cut the baby in half. We'll, we'll just cut the baby in half. And the woman to whom the baby did not belong to was like, okay, fine. Why? Because she had already lost her baby, and it wasn't costing her anything. But the woman to whom the child belonged to was like, no, 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 let her keep the baby. You see, it was a word of wisdom. It was wisdom that Solomon had to say to bring out into light the deception that was there and solve the problem, right? And one lady was called out, and they just knew, like, yep, this is where the baby goes to. So that's the example that's used in there. There are many other references within the word concerning a word of wisdom or or wisdom being displayed, right? That's just one example. The Greek word, interesting enough, is Sophia, okay? That's the Greek word for wisdom is Sophia, okay? Uh, It means wisdom. It shrinks. They're problem solvers, okay? And they're able to counsel, Okay, there, there are many other strengths. I'm just trying to consolidate some of this stuff. But they're just like natural problem solvers. An issue comes up and they're like, hey, I have an idea. Have we tried this? We should try this. That's just kind of naturally, it just kind of comes to them. Okay? And they're able to counsel people. They have wisdom. If you have something going on within your life, they're the ones you want to seek out because they can speak wisdom into your life. I have a friend. This is his gift. And when I'm going through stuff, and he's actually a counselor. He's actually a, a Christian counselor. He's on staff at a church. And every so often, he'll get a call from me, and, he'll just, and he has just nothing but wisdom. And, and the guys who have that gift or individuals who have that gift, they just have this ability to just speak truth in such a way to where it's like, yeah, that's right. No, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah, okay. And how did, how did I not see that? You know, and that's usually my response to him. I'm like, oh man, duh, right? Like, oh, duh. But they just have this ability to counsel, to walk people through things, okay? Some of the weaknesses can definitely be a source of pride, (laughs) right? You can go to their head. They got all the answers. I I got all the answers. I got all the solutions, right? And typically, it's not listed on there, but individuals who do have the gift of wisdom, as good of counselors as they make, sometimes they make horrible listeners, okay? Okay? Because they don't really hear, they already have the solution to the problem, right? And so sometimes we know this, you understand how this works sometimes. Sometimes people aren't looking for a solution, they just want to be heard, right? And so sometimes people with wisdom are, they're not the best listeners. There's another person with another gift that you probably want to pursue for that. But these are problem solvers. It can be a source of pride, but it can also be used to manipulate. 
Somebody who has a gift of wisdom. They can use that to like manipulate others into like maybe agreeing with them or thinking along the same lines as them or getting them to move in a certain direction, right? Because they're so smart. They're so wise. And it's, you know, and if I'm not, then it's like, oh, well, of course. Yeah, I'll trust you. Yeah, you, you're so smart. You're so wise. You know, and yeah, and it's, it can be used that way. That, so that is a weakness. Every gift has a strength and it also has a, a danger, a warning that can come with it. Okay, so let's move on to the next one, the word of knowledge. So what is word of knowledge? Word of knowledge is information is given to us supernaturally, knowledge of these things that we could not have known through natural acquisition or study. It's just so you're not privy to it, right? So the Lord can drop some knowledge on you concerning a situation. Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. I believe that's a reference to Ananias and Sapphira. They come and they're like, look, we sold all our stuff and we're bringing all the proceeds and all the stuff to give to the church and give to God. And then Peter was given a word of knowledge. And he's like, mm, I'm sorry, but something smells funny about your story. <laughs> like, why are you lying to us? Why are you lying to the Holy Spirit? See, it was the Holy Spirit who gave Peter that word of knowledge. And they were busted and they both died. So it was the husband first, and then the, woman, then the wife came a little bit later, and Peter's like, um, these young men are already carrying out your husband, and they're going to carry you out too, because she lied. But see, and it was ridiculous for them lying, but there was no need for it. There just really was no need for it, but the Holy Spirit had given Peter insight into what was going on, okay? Gnosis, that's the Greek word for this. It's, it's knowing or the act of knowing. It's a very simple term in that sense. Strengths, able to discern the voice of the Lord, okay? Able to discern what is in man's heart, okay? Not that they know man's heart, but they're, they're able to discern sometimes what's going on. So that, that would be the instance with Peter, with Ananias, and Sapphira, Peter was able to, the Holy Spirit gave them a little bit of knowledge as to what was going on inside their hearts. Not the only story. The book of Acts is a few other examples where, whether it be Paul or Peter, the, some of the apostles being able to like pinpoint what people, what was going on inside the heart and mind of somebody else because of the Holy Spirit, because of the gift of the word of knowledge. Weaknesses could have false impulses that are contrary to God's word, Right? We've seen this. You know, somebody could show up and you're like, oh, so the Lord has told me this about you. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, you might need to check again because I, I think you're talking to the wrong person. And I've had people come up to me and, and even express that to me at multiple times. They're like, hey, the Lord has told me this about you. And I'm like, um, you might need to go back into that prayer closet because you're not talking about me. And see, what it, sometimes what it is the other element of weakness that can come to this could be, and it's the same. This one is going to be common throughout all of them, but pride, arrogance, right? Like, oh, no, I know. I know stuff. I know stuff. And you're like, well, I don't know if you do. I honestly don't know if you do. And I've encountered false prophets, like actual false prophets on the street. We go out street witnessing and all that stuff. I remember there was one guy on the street, and we were Bible college students, and we were sharing the gospel. And there was one guy, he had his vehicle set up and it's painted with all these weird signs saying, you know, turn or burn and all this good stuff. And like, you know, not, not, no like love, you know, no, no, none of that stuff, but just like, and every, he had a word for everybody. And it was mostly for us Bible college students. Because I don't know how we always, all ended up talking to this one guy, but it was always like, yeah, the God has told me this about you, this condemnation, you know, and all this stuff. And I'm like, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I'm sorry, but you're getting your word from somebody, something else. 
And it's not true. So that's out there. You got to be aware of that because in some people, maybe they, maybe they have this gift. But with any gift, it can go to our heads. It can go to our heads, and then we can make it not so much about the Lord, we can make it about us, right? Uh, especially if it draws attention to us. Like, whoa, do you hear about so-and-so? And they, they're in that conversation, they just, the Lord gave them this word and all this stuff, and we can elevate them and puff them up and all that good stuff. Just have to be cautious with that. So that's the word of knowledge, okay? The gift of teaching. Teaching is a spiritual ability to take the truth from the Word of God and explain it clearly so that converted people can understand it and apply those truths effectively to their daily lives. It's a very practical, simple thing. It's being able to, what I call is, it's distilling the Word of God in such a way that you can communicate it to where, you know, you can take very complicated truths, not that we'll ever under fully comprehend some of these things, but you can take complicated concepts and truths and kind of distill it down to where people can, they can grasp it, they can understand it. Now, you'll never fully understand it, so that's why you should never rely on what your pastor says, right? What I teach on Sundays and Wednesdays, you need more Bible time yourself. You need to be getting into the Word of God on your own, okay? I can't be your only source of diet when it comes to the Word of God. It just can't be, okay? But teachers, I think sometimes good teachers have this ability to just they can communicate the word in, in such a way where you walk away and you're like, oh, okay, I think I understood that. Oh, I got that. Yeah, that was, that was good. That was practical. You know, that was simple. The, the goal in, te- in teaching, I think, should always be simplicity. Number one, I'm never going to wow you with my, with my wealth of knowledge, okay? Because there's not a lot there, okay? So I'm never going to impress you with how much I know and the big words I say, because I don't have them. I don't know them. And I'm not... I don't want them. I don't, I'm not going to care about them. What I care about is simplicity. What I care about is just the Word of God communicated in a simple way so that regardless of whoever walks through these doors, whatever, you know, they just got saved or been walking with the Lord for this many years, that everybody can walk away hopefully encouraged if they need to be encouraged, convicted if they need to be convicted, whatever, you know, but they were taught the word and they have at least some sort of a a better understanding or comprehension of the word of God, right? The goal is always simplicity. That's what a gift of teaching that should be. And that can be from the pulpit, that can be in a classroom with children. And this is applied outside of the church as well. Sometimes we limit teaching to just the church. We're all called to be teachers. The book of Hebrews tells us that. Every single believer is called to be a teacher. And we are. And we don't, we don't always teach a, a message, but what we do teach is from our lives and our choices, right? Because people are, we have students, you know, we have little disciples following us around all the time, you know? Maybe that's in your house, maybe that's your own kids, maybe that's coworkers, but people are always studying what you're teaching them. And the greatest teaching that is demonstrated to people is it's not verbally, it, it's through actions, and people are always learning from us, okay? And if you claim to be a believer, well, then teach people effectively by how you live your life, but then also, you know, by what you say as well, okay? The example, that's from Matthew chapter 7, 28 and 29 there. I'll just read you this reference here. And so it was when Jesus had ended these things, this is from like the Sermon on the Mount, that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes, Okay? So even in the way that Jesus taught, he taught as somebody who he knew what he was talking about. 
Thanks for joining us today on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. We're currently in a series called Every Good Gift. No, it's not talking about birthday gifts or Christmas gifts. We're actually covering all of the different gifts that God gives to you on a continual basis. God's heart is to bless you and for you to use the gifts that He's given you to bring about blessing and abundance to those around you. Like a parent, God desires to give you an overflow of gifts because He loves you. Have you enjoyed this message and would like to hear it again? Well, you're welcome to do so at breadforthebroken.com. Once you're there, simply click on the Listen tab. While you're looking for this message, feel free to explore the other teachings by Pastor James as well. Bread for the Broken is a ministry of Calvary Galveston. If you're looking for a church that you can call home or simply want to connect and pray with someone, we would love to be that for you. You can get in touch with us by filling out the contact form at our website, breadforthebroken.com. Are you interested in visiting us at one of our services? Well, you'll find that information on our website as well. It would be so great to meet you and to hear how you learned about this ministry. Our time with you is up for today's edition, but we encourage you to tune in next time to hear more about those gifts that God has for you. Join us for some more encouragement, maybe some conviction, and a whole lot of God-inspired wisdom that comes from the Word of God. Open your heart and mind to hear what God has for you, right here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you.